your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Welcome to Autism One, a conversation of hope, brought to you by Enzymedica with host Terry Aranga. All comments, views, and opinions expressed are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. In the next hour, Terry and her guests illuminate how right now there is more reason than ever for individuals with autism spectrum disorders and their families to have the best hope for the brightest future. Through education and conversation, there is hope. Here's your host, Terry Aranga. Hello, and welcome to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel and this program, Autism One, A Conversation of Hope, for September 23rd. I'm Terry Arango with my guest who has kindly returned for part two of this interview, Dr. Nancy O'Hara. Dr. O'Hara is a board-certified pediatrician with a practice dedicated to the integrative and holistic care of children with neurodevelopmental disorders and autistic spectrum disorder. She is the Assistant Medical Director for Defeat Autism Now Physician Training and Physician Mentoring Director for Defeat Autism Now in Europe. We met here on Voice America with Dr. Nancy O'Hara for part one of this interview on September 9th, and we are going to continue talking with Dr. O'Hara about the legitimate physiological issues underlying what's called autism and how to help improve those as well as talking with her about the wonderful resources available with which to help affected individuals through Defeat Autism Now, the Defeat Autism Now Clinician Training, and the Defeat Autism Now Conferences. Again, before we begin, this show will have a lot of medical information, but this information is not provided as medical advice. Parents or patients should research all information given. Every person's physiology is unique, so all information provided should be discussed with the patient's personal physician, who provides the patient with regular medical oversight, monitoring, and lab testing, and who keeps up to date on the most recent research and intervention. Beginning any significant biomedical intervention or making changes to an established regimen should be discussed with the patient's physician in advance. Dr. O'Hara, thank you for joining us again today. Thank you, Terry. In case someone is tuning in anew to this program, please remind us, what is autism? Well, I think, first of all, autism is a label, and there are certain symptoms that we see that people define as autism, um, and those include an inability uh, to uh, perform socially as the rest of the world thinks a, a child should, um, to have stimming or perseverative behaviors, the same behavior over and over again, difficulty with transitions and change, and to have um, verbal and, and uh, uh, language uh, disorders that may range from, from a child being nonverbal to a child having some um, peculiarities of their language. But I think more than that, autism is a whole body illness. Our kids with autism not only have neurologic um, or, or um, problems with their brain, with their cognition, with their language, but they also have problems in other areas of their body. And it's an illness that affects their immune system, the way they fight infections or the amount of allergies they may have, and a, a disorder that affects their guts, in the way they absorb or, or digest foods, um, and also in their detoxification systems, the way they get rid of toxins, chemicals, metals um, that all of us are exposed to on a daily basis. So are the, the things that we, the symptoms that we see that people um, te- 
tend that many people tend to attribute to the brain, such as cognition or think or thinking uh, or learning difficulties. Are these downstream effects of uh, toxicity or gastrointestinal or immune problems? That's right. I mean, there's been, there's been research that shows that there's inflammation in the brains of our kids, but that inflammation is secondary, meaning it's not starting in the brain, but coming from someplace else. And where it's coming from is, is still under a lot of debate, um, but there are certainly a lot of, of, uh, um, research, uh, endeavors that show that it may be coming from the gut. Um, or uh, from the toxicities that we are all exposed to. I remember there was a study I read about some years ago um, that looked at brain tissue, and you know some people would say, "Well, there you have it. It was the brain that did it." But I wrote to a, a well-known, re- respected researcher, and I said, "Couldn't what they're seeing in the brain have come from toxicity?" Yeah, and the 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 study that Vargas did in 2006 really showed that that inflammation that's in the brain is not primary and that there's something else, inflammation or uh, a, a problem somewhere else that's leading to that inflammation. And I certainly um, recommend that study to uh, any physician or clinician that may be listening, but also to all our very well-educated parents that we all learn a lot from every day. So what do you think the real danger is in um, autism as a label? Well, I think, number one, it's that autism is a spectrum. And when we say a child has autism, that doesn't begin to explain what that child's going through. So it's a huge spectrum. And what my child with autism um, may look very different than your child with autism. My child may have gut problems. Your child may have detoxification problems. And we need to look at the child as an individual and not as a label. And the second thing that a label does is it makes us think, well, we've diagnosed that. We're done. This child has autism. That's all we can do or say. And that doesn't even scratch the surface of what our children are going through. Well put. So it's more respectful if a child comes in with obvious um, gut issues like constipation or diarrhea or or pain that would be treated in anybody else to, to look at the whole person. That's right. On September 9th, we talked about the three R's of remove, replenish, and repair, restore. Yes. We talked about remove and replenish last time, and we left off with repair, restore. What do we mean by that? Well, I think that that, uh, there are certain metabolic pathways, pathways within our body that are not working the way they should. And that makes our bodies, our children's bodies with autism, under stress. It's called oxidative stress. And um, when that occurs, we have to try to repair those pathways, to restore those pathways in good working order. And sometimes that includes giving antioxidants, things that decrease the oxidative stress, and that includes simple things like vitamins, vitamin C, vitamin A, vitamin E. It includes um, other things like, like glutathione that we talked about before. Um, and it, it includes um, uh, things that decrease the acidity. When something's under stress, it is very acidic. Um, and if you think about something that has acid in it, it gets rusty. 
Well, if something's rusty, it doesn't work as well. So we want to do things that decrease that acidity, which may be alkalinizing, um, increasing the alkaline levels within our body. Um, And each of those things um, can be helpful. And it's not any one thing. I always say it's like rungs on a ladder. You're not going to get to the burning window on the second floor with one rung on the ladder. You have to put together all the rungs on the ladder and all the antioxidants um, and all the pieces that may help to repair the body. And then you have to look at inflammation and the things that may help to repair inflammation, and that may be things like hyperbaric oxygen or anti-inflammatory medications um, or anti-inflammatory gut medications if the inflammation is within the gut. And so you need to look at those. And then finally, you need to look specifically at an individual child because they may be missing something very important. They may be missing that enzyme that helps the pancreas to absorb certain foods, or they may be missing that neurotransmitter that helps to to, uh, decrease the the, um, uh, aggression or frustration that that is is uh, um, can be treated through treating the the amygdala or the oxytocin levels. So there are very specific problems that may also need to be repaired in an individual child. Are there some nutrients that have to be taken together or that work better together or cofactors where if you don't have one thing, the other thing isn't going to work? Right. For instance, um, let's look at lead. We have some kids that have very high levels of lead. And those kids also, you know, even if you're doing something like chelation or detoxification, need vitamin C. Um, the vitamin C helps uh, the, the other things that you're doing to, to work better and helps to get the lead out better. Um, it's also all of the vitamins that I mentioned um, work in concert, um, so need to be given together. Some need to be given alone. For instance, zinc is something many of our children are deficient in, but zinc needs to be given um, by itself later in the day, like at bedtime, um, for it to be 